hello guys, good afternoon. You know, my name is Vinicius, and uh, today I'm going to talk with you about tank cleanout and uh, what's the importance of really have a good cleanout procedures of your sprayer. So my goals for this sections uh, for this section is that today you guys are going to see some of the places that the residues can be built into the sprayer and uh, I'm going to go through a couple of the procedures how to clean your sprayer and in the end of this presentation I would like you guys to understand uh, what is the problem of contamination can lead to and how this can affect our crops. Uh, so first of all, let's start talking about the sprayer contamination. Uh, why we are seeing this more often in the last years, uh, I think it's mainly because we are having more uh, dicamba crops in the field. And dicamba is a pesticide that is really active in low doses, especially to soybeans. Let's say uh, we are seeing that here in our lab that really low doses of uh, uh, dicamba can still injure the beans and show symptoms. Sometimes we don't have yield loss, but still we can see the symptoms. So the dicamba, uh, dicamba no, the sprayer contamination patterns, whenever we see in the field, they usually they have this W or M shape because after, uh, since the contamination goes, releases the sprayer uh, and the proper herbicide is being sprayed, we can see that like the symptoms reduced until we don't see anymore the problem of the contamination. But on dicamba, this is troublesome because really low doses, we can still see uh, symptoms. It is hard to clean your sprayer, especially these new sprayers, since the, all the plumbing and everything is interconnected. And uh, it's really complex today, the way that the lines are built up. And uh, knowledge of your sprayer is really important. Of, uh, and that will aid us a lot how to clean the sprayer. Especially because like sometimes some lines they can shut and they can hold a little bit of residue out there and this residue is going to recirculate through your system and this will cause uh, injury to whatever you're spraying. So the, the clean out procedures that I'm going to go through with you guys right now, it's, let me say, it's not going to clean 100% of the sprayer, but it's enough to clean all the residue to do not harm our soybeans on the future applications. We are never gonna clean 100% of our sprayer, but it's gonna be enough to don't harm our crops, our following crops. So the first thing that I would like to start talking about is choosing the right area to start the clean out procedures. We can see here in these pictures on this, this uh, red X that the person that was cleaning the sprayer did not choose a proper place and this for sure uh, it's harmful for the environment. So it's recommended for you to find a proper place to clean this sprayer so we don't harm the environment. And it's also recommended to use the right PPE for this. We are gonna be handling chemicals, even though it's residues and sometimes it's rinses, it's gonna be way less concentrated than the ones that we are gonna be spraying on the tank, but still we are gonna be handling with uh, residues of chemicals. So the first step that I consider, and it's by described by our uh, academics, it's getting rid of the residue as soon as we are done with the sprayer for the day, or if we are changing the pesticide. Why we do this? We want to avoid uh, residues to be built onto the sprayer. We can see here in this picture from this tank 
that a residue was built into this, the, the tank. So whenever we're gonna add more uh, chemicals to it for our next spray, we are gonna be adding more things to the tank that we have already has some residue. And for sure, if we see the tank like this, we are gonna have residue on the sprayer, on the hoses and everything too. So what we should we do? We, should, we can remove this, spray this on the field or we store this for a later application and store this in a proper place if it's just a little bit of residue. So the first step of residue, it's starting with your sprayer uh, clean, let's say, with, without any solution of your, on your sprayer. I found on, a, on an extension report here that uh, even though if your tank is empty, we can still hold, like for example, in 120 feet uh, boom, we can still hold 35 gallons of solution. In a 95 feet boom, we can still hold 25 gallons of solution. So the idea is to clean everything. It's to start cleaning with on your tank and on your line and hoses. And uh, if we are going to start clean, instead of just solubilizing the, spray, uh, the pesticide, we are going to start the cleaning procedure right away. So our first rinse would be getting out of this uh, solution that we were spraying before, adding 10% of the volume of the tank with water, and uh, opening all the valves and everything where, where the solution can run through and turning on under an agitator and letting it uh, recirculate through your system for 15 minutes. And after these 15 minutes, we should uh, spray all this solution and to completely get this solution out of the sprayer again. After this is done, we can go to the next step where the, uh, where the resid residues still can be found like filters, hoses, and the end caps. Be sure that everything is clean. Be sure to go to every filter, take these filters off, and then if possible, scrub them in a bucket with water with a tank cleaner to remove the maximum of the number, the amount of pesticides that we can find. That you can find. Here on these pictures, you guys can see a lot of the filters that are completely dirty. And for sure, this can help holding uh, uh, particles that will be sprayed later on crops. And if these crops are sensitive, for sure, you're gonna cause injury if we were spraying like a herbicide that is really active in low doses. Then after we clean the filters, we cannot forget about your screens of your nozzles too, because they can also hold uh, particles that will be sprayed later. Here's a part that it's critical. It's the end caps. Um, after the first rinse, all the end caps, they should, should, should be removed and they should be cleaned uh, to avoid trapping solution like these ones. Here we can see that like these guys probably they sprayed a lot without cleaning these end caps. So how, what we are going to do, I'm going to show you guys later. I just want to show you guys this video first. This is a, a flush valve that uh, can be put in the end of the, of the boom. So the pesticide will not be held. Let me show you guys this video here, comparison between regular boom and end cap boom. So here on the left, we can see the solution still trapped, still trapped on the left. And whenever we are using an express end cap, there is no solution trapped out there. So there is no chance for building residues. Look at how much of the residues we can still behold on the end of the, your, your dead end, uh, if not clean it. And this will be, built according to the, how many times you, you use the sprayer and the pesticides that are used. 
even in the flush uh, open flush mode, we can see the like residues still there being built. So we are going to be get rid of these uh, so this contamination in the end caps on the second rings. So now in the second rinse, what we are gonna do, we are gonna repeat it, filling the tank with 10% of water and let it agitate for 15 more minutes. In these uh, rinse, it's recommended to use tank, cleanings, uh, tank cleaners according to the label of the pesticide that you sprayed before. Some pesticides that require tank cleaners, others don't. So just be sure, be aware that what you sprayed before. On the second rinse, we are gonna spray with the end caps open. So, we are gonna get rid of all the contamination that was built in, in, on these uh, end caps. On the third rinse, we are just gonna shut the dead ends again, let it uh, spray, uh, let it agitate for 15 more minutes, fill the tank with 10% of water, let it agitate for 15 more minutes, and then flush everything again to get rid of all the small pieces of contamination that we still can find out there. Uh, I just want to bring you guys another problem that we noticed here in the lab at, uh, that being reported to our professor. And uh, there's the external ways of that you can bring the contamination up to your sprayer. Maybe you cleaned your sprayer really well, but you got uh, your external tanks, they are still contaminated with dicamba that was sprayed before. So just be aware that this places they can also bring your contamination to your area that you're going to spray. I'd like to keep this slide because cleaning sprayers, they should be done really careful and we shouldn't cut corners because especially now using these growth regulators, uh, herbicides, they can be really harmful for, for the crop. And even if we clean our sprayer and we still leave a lot of residue behind, this can help damaging the parts of your sprayer. So they might be needed to be changed earlier than, than they should be if your sprayer work was clean. I'm gonna share with you guys a little bit of my research, the one that I've been doing here in North Class for my master thesis. Uh, it's, we are I'm working with tank contamination and seeing, looking at the effects of different dichemical formulations on the response of soybeans. So we have the questions like if different dichemical formulations do they have the same cleanup procedures or since their adjuvant packages is different, we should pay more attention to it. So for this research, what we did, we brought this tank contamination system from Mississippi State, and this is where I'm doing my research. First step would be filling the tank with 100% of its capacity with uh, water and the amount of the herbicide that we would spray in the field. I would take this contamination out simulating that I've sprayed this. Then I would fill my tank with 10% of water, let it agitate for 15 minutes, simulating our first rinse. And then from this rinse water, I would collect two samples, one for sending to Mississippi State for an uh, for a analytical analysis, and the second one I would spray on soybeans. I would repeat this procedure three times, collecting every rinse water. And I would, I was gonna add, I added it, uh, I think cleaner into the second um, rinse. So really trying to simulate what we should do in the field. And for my fourth uh, sample, I filled the tank with 100% of its capacity, just to simulate that I was gonna spray again, going back into my field to spray another thing or fungicide or another herbicide, 
just to see how much contamination I was still holding into my sprayer. This is kind of what we got. It is a drone picture taken 54 days after I sprayed my soybeans. So as you guys can see here, the first rinse is really pronounced the amount of contamination. We can really see the two rows that I've sprayed. Into my second rinse, we can always see a little bit from the top that a little bit of injury. On the third rinse, we can see a little bit of defoliation in a couple. And the fourth rinse looks like a normal soybean. Now I'm gonna show you guys inside what which rinse was looking like. So in the first rinse, we noticed really short plants with a lot of epinesty, a lot of epinesty. On the second rinse, we noticed a little bit of epinesty and cupping and short plants too, compared to the checks. So the ones that we didn't spray uh, any herbicide or any of the contaminations. On this third rinse, we noticed a lot of the um, cupping was really more pronounced than in the second rinse, but the plants were a little higher. In our follow-up application simulating that we were going to get into the field again, we didn't saw any symptom of the dicamba. This is what uh, caused it to my plants on my first rinse. So let's say that we didn't clean it properly, our sprayer, we got into the field again. And this is what would happen if we didn't clean the sprayer properly with dicamba, spraying to sensitive soybeans. These soybeans, they were enlist soybeans, so they were sensitive to dicamba. This is our yield that we got from last year. Uh, we, I'm still working on my first rinsate because we couldn't harvest with the combine because the beans were, they suffered a lot. So our combine would not could properly harvest our sprayer. So we don't have this data yet. I'm working on another way to find this data. On our second rinse, we kind of estimated 20% of uh, yield loss if, if the sprayer was not properly clean. In the third and the fourth rinse, we didn't notice a yield loss according to what we noticed in the field. The third rinse, even though we found a lot of uh, uh, symptoms, the yield was not different from our checks and from our average from the field. Here's the amount of rate that could be uh, recovered from each of the applications. As you guys can see, uh, from 100% that we sprayed our theoretical application, we still recovered around 2.5-2.6% on our first rinsate. And our first rinsate caused around 80% of injury uh, to yield reduction to the soybeans. On our second rinse, we still recovered around 0.2%, 0.3%, and was enough to cause 20% of yield reduction. And in the third and the fourth rinse, we recovered a little bit. Uh, on the third one, we still noticed the injury to the soybeans, visual injury, and the follow-up application, we didn't notice it. And this data that we collected really demonstrate, like, uh, really agrees with other research done by our university and other universities. So our take-home points is like, really understand your sprayer and maybe understanding your sprayer might be the key to a good clean-out procedure or maybe something that will be left behind and can cause harm to your soybeans or other crops that you're gonna spray that will still be sensitive to herbicides. And the cosmetic damage to soybeans might not significate yield loss. With that, I will finish my presentation and I'll be here until the end to answer your guys' questions.